if you want somebody who's going to have your best interest at heart, and that's what coaching really is. Mm -hmm. Nobody coaches somebody up on a movement and tries to change something because we believe it will make them a worse human being. <laughs> right? Yeah. Our goal is to improve your capacities as a human being, make you move better, make you happier, healthier, all of those things. Yep. That's why we give you feedback. Being receptive to that is something that you have to do as an individual. Right, episode 24 of a Community That Is Fit podcast. Cody. Seth. What are we going to talk about today? Today we are going to talk about a whole slew of things. Okay. So kind of doing a little Q&A. Um, you kind of put something out to ask people some questions. We got a couple things, some feedback, and then we kind of came up with some of our own questions to talk about. Sweet. So just a little mix and match of uh, yeah. information. Yep. I dig it. Yep. All right. What we got first? First one was something on control. Mm -hmm. The question we got kind of revolved around um, reacting to different stressors in life, whether mm -hmm. it be, you know, job, death, family, pain, illness, whatever it is. Um, kind of along the lines of reacting to stressors and controlling things in your life sure so first thing I guess we'll talk about is that control piece understand what you can and what you cannot control right there's a really cool I think like a diagram I saw on Facebook or Instagram or something where it says a big overarching question can you control it if the answer is yes awesome control it mm -hmm. if the answer is no awesome don't worry about it right so either way good if you can't control it, awesome, do it. If you can't control it, then don't worry about it. So control um, is a big a big thing as far as your worry and your stress level. Yeah, we put out something on social uh, a few weeks ago, and the overarching theme was, was just that. There are a few things in our life that we can control, right? We believe that you can always control your attitude, your effort, what you think about, and your, uh, your actions. In that, there's an argument to be made. Well, I can't control, you know, what I think about. Mm -hmm. Random thoughts are going to pop into my head. Sure, I'll give it to you. <laughs> but you can always control what you attach to. Yeah. In meditation, they talk about, you know, letting your, your thoughts just kind of flow through you, right? Sitting in a space, being, being silent, letting thoughts kind of come up, not making any attachment to them, mm -hmm. and just letting them flow. And then, you know, see what manifests itself. Where people get into the weeds is the thing that we talked about just this last week on social as well was, well, I don't feel like it, mm -hmm. right? I feel this way. I feel that way. We get so wrapped up in our feelings that we start to let that drive our decision-making process more often than not. Mm -hmm. And that becomes that react versus respond yeah. conversation. So many of us <clears throat> are living in a, like a reactionary um, pathway. Mm -hmm. So 
that would be like, I'm driving down the road, I get a text from my significant other, they're mad at me because I didn't, uh, I didn't wash the dishes this morning for breakfast. And you start getting all in your feelings. Well, you know what? They never fold the laundry. Mm -hmm. They didn't take the trash out. They didn't do this. What about that can you control? Right. Nothing. But you will let that one experience tailor your whole day now. Mm -hmm. You wake up and you're headed to work and you get stuck behind the slowest driver in the world. <laughs> and now you are five minutes late for work. That now puts you in a bad mood the whole day because you're gripping the steering wheel very hard. You're screaming, you're cussing at him, you're wishing ill upon him, <laughs> right? What about that can you control? Right. You can't control that guy. Mm -hmm. But what, okay, so let's look at that. We can't control the actions of other people. We can't control what they say or do. What about that situation can you control? You could have got up 10 minutes earlier. Make sure you left with a cushion. Mm -hmm. You could have taken a different route to work. Everything that affects us in life, I believe we have a degree of control over, yeah. whether it is the action or the circumstance or absolutely how we respond to it. Yeah, that to me is the big one, how you respond to things. There's certain things in your life you just can't control. You know, we can go into can you control it, can you, can't you control it. There's certain things you, you cannot control, but you can always control how you respond to an event uh, good or bad. Sure. And that is going to dictate the outcome of what happens. It's going to dictate the outcome of your life. Yeah. If you spend more of your time in that reactionary state being driven by your emotions, your hormones are constantly bouncing up and down. You're riding the highs and you're mm -hmm. riding the lows. If you can get in an emotional experience, you know, you get that text message that those thoughts flow into your brain that, you know what, they do this, this, and this. Okay, wait, let me sit back. What is going to be the benefit of me responding harshly to this? Mm -hmm. Nothing. What about, what about it can I control? Nothing about getting the message. You can always control now how you let it fuel you and what you do about it. Yep. In that, having the humility to be like, you know what, you're right, my fault. Mm -hmm. The whole day is great now. Yeah. Because I guarantee the other person now says, Oh, it's, you know, it's not that big of a deal, yeah. right? I just wanted to bring it to your attention. Yep. Now, conversely, that's responding to a situation, mm -hmm. putting thought and intelligence into it, reacting to that situation and sending that inflammatory text message back never worked for anybody. Nope. <laughs> no. <laughs> you know what? Screw you. Yep. You didn't do the dishes either. Yep. That works out well. Yeah. <laughs> that goes that, swimmingly. Yeah. It's going to make your awesome day. So if we're talking about emotions and feelings, you have to understand that things like that come up negatively. It's all about how you react or respond to that event, to that emotion, to that feeling. That's going to totally change the outcome. Two people can be faced with the same exact event, stress, whatever, and react to it totally differently and it will change the outcome of it. So big takeaway, respond control your response to everything. Yeah. Cool. I dig it. So the next question we got was, is there a workout or type of workout that you see more attendance for than others? I don't think so anymore. Yeah. I think used to. Yes. Days when we would have more of uh, four quality days, 
or we weren't doing what everybody would consider like a grueling workout, mm -hmm. the attendance would be down on those days. Mm -hmm. We are as a community expanding our collective knowledge yep. and understanding that those days are as valuable, if not more valuable than the days that we're doing benchmark workouts. Yeah. What we do see a trend is, is on the day of the week, kind of. Yes. The Friday 5.30 class, 5.30 p.m. is never as busy as the Monday 5.30 class. Everybody's all jacked, like, dude, it's Monday. We got to get after yeah. it. Carry, I'd like to see people start to carry that mentality through the entire week. Yeah. On Monday, everybody's super jacked and hype. On Friday at 5.30, you probably want to go hit happy hour. It's been a long week. You're trying to check out uh, so from have, the week. We have happy hour here? This is our happy hour. Is that, is that, what, we, is that what we're saying? <laughs> happy hour is the barbell time, son. Oh, okay. Okay. That's your happy hour we can now. Build a bar in the corner. I'll be a bartender. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds terrific. <laughs> so yeah, I don't see. I don't find that like a certain programmed type of workout will have less attendance anymore. I think people are starting to understand the importance of variety um, and get a much better much better thought on how each day kind of makes you better. Mm -hmm. so, Agreed. Well, what are, what are the coach's favorite workouts to coach? For me, I'm a big fan of strength days. Something like we did yesterday, which was that EMOM of back squats and front squats. Mm -hmm. I now feel like I get to really put the coaching hat on and start to work on refining and tweaking all of these things in a much more controlled atmosphere. It's, more challenging for people to want to change movement patterns when we're doing something like five rounds for time. Yeah. Because they hear four time and they're like, oh, can't do that. I got to go fast. Yep. This is how I know how to go fast. <laughs> when we're doing something like, dude, you got to do three back squats or three front squats every minute. You know, it's going to take you about 15 seconds. If I come over and give you something that is going to fundamentally change your squat, you're going to be much more receptive to it in that. So days when we're prioritizing lifting a little bit more, I really enjoy those days because uh, Olympic lifting too. I feel like we really get to now kind of move the needle on yep. people um, as far as doing this whole thing a, a lot better. Yeah, totally agree. I like um, benchmark days. Mm. Just the energy is up, the hype is up, people are ready to get after it. There's an added level of um, just get after itness. Yeah. And that, that fires me, like I'm just thinking about it, fires me up. People getting after it, going hard, uh, hitting PRs. Those are fun days for me. Nice. Yep. I dig it. Next, uh, this one was kind of a two-part question. We'll start with, what do we as coaches love to see in class? For me, it's a couple things. I like to see smiles, positive attitude. I think all of those things kind of tie back into that growth mindset mm -hmm. that we talked about. If you are that fake it till you make it, you put on a smile, you come in like, I get to do this workout today. Yeah. I get to work out. I get to go to work. I get to do these things. That becomes a fundamentally different conversation than I have to go work out today. Yep. I have to go to work. Yep. I have to get my kids off to the bus. You don't have to do anything. Mm -hmm. You get to do all of these things. The next would be more receptiveness to coaching. It's a challenge to take critical feedback from somebody else. Sure. I get it. It's hard to be vulnerable in that way. Mm -hmm. That's what you're paying for. Yeah. 
If you want a facility just to do a workout in, you can find cheaper options somewhere else around town. Yeah. If you want somebody who's going to have your best interest at heart, and that's what coaching really is. Mm -hmm. Nobody coaches somebody up on a movement and tries to change something because we believe it will make them a worse human being. <laughs> right? Yeah. Our goal is to improve your capacities as a human being, make you move better, make you happier, healthier, all of those things. Yep. That's why we give you feedback. Being receptive to that is something that you have to do as an individual. The other thing that I like, um, this was one that you came up with, was the the stories about how what we're doing in here makes something better outside. Yeah. This is powerful stuff. Yeah. This is, I had somebody, we sat down <clears throat> for a intro session just this week. And nutritional coaching has been a thing we've been doing for about 12 weeks. Mm -hmm. Recent checkup with the doctor, she is on the path to entirely eliminating using blood pressure medication after 12 weeks. That's, that is awesome stuff. That's life-changing stuff. Yeah. I mean, life-changing. That's, that's what I like most about, I guess, this whole CrossFit thing. Like I just said, I love, you know, benchmark days and PR days, and that's fun. Mm -hmm. But in the grand scheme of things, that's not important. What I love is when people come up and they're like, hey, because of this, I can do this outside of the gym. That's what makes me, like, smile inside. When people come up and they're like, before CrossFit, my, I was talking to a, one of our members, you know, my knees were aching, my wrists were achy, I had a bunch of pain, and ever since exercise, I just don't have pain anymore. And now she can do yard work, and now she can pick up the grandbabies. And that kind of stuff is what is just, it doesn't have to be anything crazy like that. It could be because of CrossFit now you can play better on your golf league every Tuesday night without True. pain or whatever it is. Whenever anybody comes in and says, because of what I, we do in here, my outside life has been improved, that's where it's at for me. That's, that's why I, lo I love hearing those stories. So if you got them, share them. That's what, we're, that's what we're trying to do here. We're not trying to make people better at exercising. Yeah, right. We're trying to make people better human beings, more capable, have the ability to do the things that they want to do and be that badass 90-year-old. Mm -hmm. The last thing on that that we'll touch on is that whole, this kind of ties into the receptive to feedback and coaching that visibly seeing people take that one step backward to take three steps forward. Mm -hmm. Changing a movement pattern, like how you do your double unders. Working on that one thing with the understanding that, hey, I want you to work on keeping those elbows pinned to your side. You may not get a double under today. Because when you do get double unders, your arms are sprawled out like this and you're super tight in your upper body and you're creating really big circles. Mm -hmm. So this is what I'm going to ask you to do. Pin them to your side. Let's work through the wrist. Let's do the best you can with that. Understanding by doing that, you may not get anything today. Yep. But we are setting you up for success down the road. Yeah. It's changing your snatch technique, your lifting technique whatever, and understanding that uh, double overhand versus re reverse grip deadlift. Mm -hmm. Sure, I can pull 405 from the ground with a, with a mixed grip. As soon as I go double overhand, I can't lift 225. Yeah. That is a problem, yep. right? This is no longer about longevity and the things that you <clears throat> said that are your goal, getting stronger. This is about how much weight can I do in this arbitrary thing right now. <laughs> 
So we go, let's go back to the neutral grip and let's just see how much we can lift there. Might be 200 pounds less, might be 100 pounds less, but that's okay, this is what's gonna get you stronger. Yep. Yeah, that's super fun to see because it's something very hard to do. And when people understand that we're giving them these drills or cues or whatever to make them better, and they actually take a step back and months later they're like, dude, now I'm crushing it. That's that's cool. Yeah. But it, it's tough because you do have to go back. You gotta you gotta regress to go forward. Sure. So agreed on that point. Next, we would have what do we dislike to see in class? We kept this a relatively short list. It focuses around three things primarily. First, what we will consider uh clickiness, which in our you know, community that is fit, we are a community first. It is a group of people that choose to accept you and you choose to accept them in return. We're all working towards that shared common goal. The click would be the, the opposite of that. Mm -hmm. It would be you know, a group of people who say, hey, we're over here doing our thing and you're not welcome over here. Right. We don't want that. Yep. What that looks like in our class setting would be somebody who's brand new. This is their first class. Mm -hmm. Now, there's a group of friends. I get it, dude, have friends, yeah. right? Have, you can have three or four you know, of the people that are your best friends in class, but that group of three or four people who are best friend look over at the new person and then they go back to having their conversation. Somebody starts laughing. Now, as a new person outside of the group, I feel like you looked at me, had a conversation about me, are now laughing at me. Ah. And I don't feel like part of this group. Right. What you should do is as soon as you see a new person, walk over to them, introduce yourself. Yeah. Hey, come on over here. You can do the warm up with me today. Mm -hmm. This is what we'll do. Yeah. That is the community part. Yep. Not having these different groups of people doing a class. It is we are all doing a class together. Cool. I like that. So that is one of my big bugaboos. Mm -hmm. Mine would be negativity mm. in general. Just any negativity, even about not about the workout, about your day, about whatever, because it is just a poison and it is um, infectious. People come in, they are negative. It makes me start to feel negative. Yeah. And I have to consciously fight it. And you see they'll talk to people then those people will get negative and it's just a downward, downward spiral. You can see the shift kind of in people's faces across the gym as, yes. this, as this one person who maybe has had a bad day or you know they spilled their coffee on themselves. They come in and that's the first <laughs> thing that they bring attention to. Man, my day started off crap. Yeah. You can see the visible shift in people as this person like just, rolls by with that black cloud over their head. And that's back to that, that fixed mindset, mm -hmm. right? This thing happened to me, you know, man, my shoulder is bothering me. So this thing, just like we talked about in our injury podcast last week, this thing happened to me and it sucks. So now what can I do about it? Mm -hmm. I can't do anything. This is just the world is against me. It's that fixed mindset. Mm -hmm. But that negativity is, is a cancer. Yeah, it's that part of our thankfulness. Never complain, never whine, never make excuses. Right. It's hard. You're going to do it, but catch yourself and actively try to stop doing that because it, it is tiring. We can all think of that one person we used to work with or that family member that's just always negative. Don't be that person. Don't. Don't do it. Because <laughs> you are exhausting. Yes. <laughs> if you're at a job, you have that one person who's that Debbie Downer. Yeah. You show up to work and uh, they just Life got just off. sucks. They just got off a call with a customer who totally 
spitch them out. Yeah. And now they're in a bad mood. They talk to you about what a horrible experience that they just had. And they spend 20 minutes now talking about that. How are you going to frame the rest of your day? Yeah. Are you going to be on edge like, oh, man, I sure hope I don't have an experience like that. Well, I yeah. probably will because my customers, we all have the same customers. Yeah. So they're probably going to do the same thing to me and we're going to act the same way. If you start to frame, that's an entirely different day now for you. Yeah. It, it, it all goes back to the how do you respond to events? Yeah. Negatively or positively? Correct. Overarching theme. Yeah. Crazy how we do this. Yeah. <laughs> so that's why I, don't, I do not enjoy negativity. Yes. It's just Agreed. Not, it's not fun. It is hard, sure, <laughs> to beat that mentality. But yeah. you have to take, you have to, I like to tell everybody all the time, you have to stand guard at the gate of your mind. Yeah. You have to be totally um, picky and choosy about what you're going to let in there. Mm -hmm. I like fake it till you make it. Fake it till you make it. Fake it till you make it. Do I like cold weather? No, but I am so happy it's snowing because I can go snowboarding. There you go. And I could throw snowballs at my wife. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, First thing I thought of. Nice. Awesome. So the next one we'll talk about is we have this kind of idea in the community and in fitness in general that we should be using ice. <laughs> Rant. We have, I've talked about this for years with people, and I think the collective knowledge is starting to catch up with my opinion on it, mm -hmm. which no longer makes it an opinion. It makes it, it's starting to become fact. <laughs> there was a doctor in the 70s named Dr. Merkin what he did is he came up with the concept of rice, which is the rest, ice, uh, compression, and elevation. Yep. If you go to his website now, drmerkin.com, the very first thing that pops up is why you should not be icing. He has since, in the early 2000s, he recanted his statement. He said, we got it wrong. Mm -hmm. What he did was he published in a book, he published a book, and one of the things that he recommended based off the small athlete population that he worked with was the rest, ice, compression, and elevation thing yep. because they did see some results with them. They had since realized that these were outliers mm -hmm. and this was not conducive to the health of a general population. The rest thing is bullshit. What's the first thing that they do when you go get through physical therapy uh, the day one after you have a knee surgery? Crank that sucker. They crank it. They Start try. It. Exactly. They try to get a range of motion out of it. Mm -hmm. That's day number one. So we don't want to rest it. We want to work it through a relatively pain-free range of motion, and we want to increase mobility in the joint. Yep. The next thing, the ice. All ice does is it helps with pain. If you're like in severe pain and you want to make the area numb, awesome. You're going to constrict the muscles, they'll start to push out the blood, uh, the inflammation, and it will feel a little bit better. What happens as the temperature in that area goes back up is you will create a what we call a backflow of fluid, which means all that inflammation is coming back and it's coming back with force. Mm -hmm. It's going to swell up a little bit worse and it's going to hurt. What you are doing is you are stopping the inflammatory process. You're delaying it. It's going to happen. Correct. The inflammatory process is how our body heals itself. Yeah. If you are getting fluid to an area, it is because your body's like, oh crap, we have trauma, sends white blood cells, starts to send all these fluids there to now heal the area. When it swells up, your body sends too much. It would rather send too much than not enough. So 
we get swelling. You put ice, you start to delay the inflammatory response, and now we draw this thing out. Yep. No good. Yeah. Compression, okay. Elevation, okay. Under you know, circum, uh, certain circumstances, keep those couple things. Let's cut out the icing. Mm -hmm. Now there's, a, there's an argument to be made for that like contrast, like the heat and the cold. Right. That's very different, like a contrast shower or um, you know, cold exposure. Mm -hmm. Yes, there is an argument to be made for that. <clears throat> the whole like cryotherapy stuff, I'm not buying it. <laughs> I think it's just, a, I think it's very much a fad right now. Yeah. And you talked about this um, when we talked about it last week about the cryotherapy stuff, right? Or the cold baths. The, the cold tubs. Which is same thing, cryotherapy, same yeah. concept, right? Yeah. You get in this thing that's negative 250 degrees or yeah. whatever. But what'd you say for, uh, I'll let you explain it. I don't remember the exact like numbers, but the, uh, what was he? The exercise science or the strength conditioning coach for the Ball State team or something like that when I was in college doing my shadowing. Um, his whole thing was taking ice baths after workouts, complete bull crap because your body's core temperature will not get down low enough for the muscles to actually do any recovery. He's like, for you, for your muscles to get cold enough to actually recover, you'd freeze to death. Yeah. You can't sustain a, a cold enough temperature for long enough to actually induce change in the belly of a muscle, right? All the cold is just very, um, on the outside surface level it's very surface level it's not getting deep into the muscles for how long it would take you to die sure that was kind of his argument hmm. so. interesting if you're working on like the wim hof stuff and you're trying to do cold exposure and there's really there's some great things with like cold showers mm -hmm. i'm not saying that like cold is right. the problem trying to ice an injury or an area that has experienced trauma right is not the answer mm -hmm. That's our, our assertion, and I have a really good book on it called Iced, if anybody wants to borrow it, or you can, uh, you can buy it yourself. You get like 15 bucks on Amazon. If you have a more intelligent argument against <clears throat> it, please let me know. Other than that's what we've been told for years. Correct. That's the big thing about like this health and fitness industry is it changes often. Yeah. But people take things as... This, isn't, this can't change. That's the same thing that happened with Dr. Merkin, right? He, put, he, he yeah. wrote a book in 1970 and mm -hmm. that became the gold standard yeah same thing happened with uh with health as far as uh like the low saturated fats or yeah. the low fat diet even like steak How sure. many people think steak is still bad like eating a bunch of red meat's bad for you yeah red meat is the most like nutrient nutrient dense, dense food out there above chicken above vegetables eat it now there's an argument to be not every single day at every single meal, right? But you should not be shirking it altogether. Yeah, I agree with that. Cool. I think we're gonna wrap it right there. I think this has been That's a good fun. episode. Yeah. We might do another one of these down the road. So if you guys have questions, go ahead and post them in the comments. Yep. Uh, make sure you're following us on Facebook and Instagram. We post a lot of good content on there. If you haven't subscribed to our YouTube channel, get your butts on it. This is Cody. Seth. Peace.